often we will praise someone else, something else above God. And we'll give them more reverence above God. And now for a jealous man. Amen, amen, amen. I'd like to thank Prophet Dexter for delivering a very powerful message on last week. We actually were at his uncle's church in Milledgeville, Georgia, on last week. And I was there because early one morning in my prayer, roughly three months ago, as I got up from my 5 a.m. prayer, I heard God say, turn on the Brothers of the Word stream and just listen. And when I turned on the stream, of course, we weren't preaching at 5 o'clock in the morning live, but sermons played 24-7 on the live stream in random order. When I turned on the stream, Ronald Harden, Apostle Ronald Harden, which is Dexter's uncle, was in revival here at the Ark, and it was nine years ago. And he spent the first couple of hours actually speaking over the youth, and I sat there and listened a whole while, and at the, towards the end, he started talking about my company and how he saw this product, and he said he didn't know whether it was a new product or something we were redoing, but he saw these two wings come on it and he saw it taking off and I was in the middle of a redo now I changed the logo to where it had the two wings and with that logo when we went to Hawaii a couple of weeks ago and we've had many different shirts but it was the most powerful and attention-grabbing shirt we've ever had in the almost 40 years of the company. When the Ark went to the Ark Encounter, it's been the most powerful shirt we've ever had in the almost 30 years of the ministry. Our covering is changing. And when we went to Prophet Dexter's Uncle Church. He wasn't preaching that Sunday. But after the evangelist got through preaching, he got up and he started prophesying over us, over this church, over James's daughter, Genesis, over my son, George. And I heard some things that, uh, frankly, kind of unnerved me. Most people didn't understand what it meant, but I did about the destiny of the ministry, about how this is going to become a serious healing ministry and this building will not be able to contain it. I've heard that prophecy over multiple, multiple times from multiple prophets over the years. And often when you hear stuff, you do wonder, when is this stuff coming to pass? The problem is often before it comes to pass, you just got to go through some stuff. And I've been told, if God has told me, to, you'll one day have the power to raise the dead. But then he began speaking to me not too long ago. But you've never been sick. And you're supposed to have this awesome healing ministry. But you've never been sick. I said, I don't want to be sick. And I don't know what's coming, but I'm not worried about it because I know who's got it under control. And we have a destiny here that is awesome. Now, just as we can see why we needed two buses, next year, God has already spoken. We're going to Detroit. And I know the question in so many people's minds, what in the world is in Detroit? 
trust me, I understand that. And I understand that because I'm wondering that myself. But I've learned as I've traveled all over the world, when God speaks it, I don't worry about what's there. All I know is I'm supposed to be there. So we're supposed to be in Detroit. We're going to leave on September 17th, which will be a Tuesday. We'll leave that evening, and we bust everywhere. We're going to fly to Detroit. So we'll fly to Detroit on Tuesday. We'll fly back on Saturday. Now, I have no idea what experience will be in Detroit from the 17th of September until the 21st. All I know is I'm going. So put that on your calendar. That's where we're going. And God will bless us. God has a purpose. God has a vision. God knows far beyond what we do. This ministry has a destiny that is greater before us than is what is behind us as we prepare for it in one form or whatever form it comes. And sometimes I have to really bargain and plead with God, Lord, some of this stuff I don't want to go through. I don't want to deal with it just so I can relate to the folk. Give me some intellectual knowledge. Some of this stuff I don't want to go through. So I understand so clearly how the disciples felt. And I understand how Jesus felt. If there's any way that you can take this bitter cup from me, take it from me. I don't want to go through this. But nevertheless, you all said nevertheless. And see, that's a part we struggle to get to. Is that if it is God's will, nevertheless... Thy will, not mine. And that's a hard point to get to because we are so self-centered on what we want that we often don't focus on what God wants. And today for today's message, not even going to start off with our normal brothers of the world, it's Exodus chapter 20, first verse. And we know the Ten Commandments. But the first commandment. And God spake all these words, saying, I am the Lord thy God, which hath brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them, nor serve them, for I, the Lord, thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me and showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandment. That's the first commandment. Deuteronomy 6.5, also Matthew 22.37, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. That's Old and New Testament. Deuteronomy and Matthew. Deuteronomy 4.24, For the Lord your God is a consuming fire, a jealous God. Deuteronomy 6, beginning at chapter 14, at verse 14, Do not follow other gods, the gods of the peoples around you, for the Lord your God who is among you is a jealous God, and his anger will burn against you, and he will destroy you, from the face of the land, Isaiah 42, 8. I am the Lord, that is my name. I will not yield my glory to another or praise to idols. Deuteronomy 32, 16. They made him jealous with their foreign gods and angered him with their detestable idols. And I'm going to speak today simply from the subject a jealous man. 
a jealous man. There was a jealous husband, and he was just suspicious of his wife. He was concerned that his wife might be seeing someone else. So he would call home from work. He said, good afternoon, sweetheart. How you doing? She said, I'm doing great, my honey love. He says, where are you? She said, I'm at home. And he would say, if you're at home, turn on the blender. And she would turn on the blender, and he would hear the blender whirring in the background. And that would satisfy him. He'd go ahead and finish out his day. Another day he'd call home. Good afternoon, my love. How are you? I'm great, honey sweet. Where are you? I'm at home. Turn on the blender. And she would turn on the blender, and he'd hear it whirring in the background. And he'd be satisfied. Next week, he'd call home. Good afternoon, my love. How are you? I'm doing great. My sweet, where are you? I'm at home. Turn on the blender. And she'd turn on the blender, and he'd hear it whirring in the background. And he'd go back to work satisfied. The next week, he came home early. And we got home early. His wife wasn't at home, but his son was. So he asked his son, he said, where's your mama? He said, I don't know. I just saw her leave a few hours ago with the blender. (laughs) Man nor woman can be fully trusted. Only God. A jealous man. God is not a man that he should lie, but he is a jealous God. And I want to just deal with some things today just from a man's view because we are made in the image of God. And and this one characteristic of this jealousy, it goes through the divine and it goes through man. I've seen some commentaries where they talk about God's jealousy is not like man's jealousy, Well, the Bible doesn't say that. See, sometimes we take liberties with some stuff. God's jealousy sometimes is worse than man's jealousy because he said, I'll kill you. Now, some men take it to that level, but most of them just go off and sulk and they're mad. But God said, I'll kill you. So his jealousy is real jealousy. And that's what the Bible calls it. He's a jealous God, and you shall have no other gods before me. And number one, see, a man is jealous when he provides and someone puts other things above the provider. You provide all, but they give someone or someone else the praise, attention, and credit. And, you know, at the Ark Encounter, we just left Kentucky with the Ark Encounter. had this life-size Ark. And as I was watching one of the presentations, the gentleman made a very good point. He said, just suppose... There were 20 leaves all neatly lined up in a row outside, just stem and the end, all neatly lined up outside, just 20 leaves, just in one straight line. He said, if you saw those 20 leaves all lined up straight in a straight line, you would know somebody lined them up. You know the wind is just blow them, not 20 leaves in a straight line. You know that. You would know someone with some sense and with some intelligence lined up those 20 leaves in a straight line. You would know that because you saw something that could not have happened randomly. And yet you see all this stuff. You see all this creation. You see the trees and the leaves and the sky and the air and the animals. And you see all this stuff and then think it's random. And yet, you know, if you saw 20 leaves lined up, you know that's not random. So it was a real eye-opening example. And yet, God provides everything for us. And yet, even though he provides everything for us, often we will praise someone else 
something else above God. And we'll give them more reverence above God. And God has told you he's a jealous God. And thou shalt have no other gods before him. Number two, a man is jealous when he has a covenant. And he hasn't broken the covenant, but the other party has. It'd be different if you'd broken your covenant. But God has made a covenant with us. And he has not broken his covenant. God has never walked away from us. We always walk away from him. And yet, when covenant is broken, God can become jealous because now you've broken covenant and usually in a relationship when the covenant is broken, it means you have left God or you have left the provider and gone to somebody else. And thus covenant is broken. And God is a jealous God. A man is jealous when he has elevated your situation, but you don't even acknowledge him. And God spake all these words, saying, I am the Lord thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You know, sometimes you can take a person and move them out of one situation and put them up in this situation, and it's just after a while. And see, when they first get there, they're already just so thankful. Give it a couple of years. Give it a couple of years. And now it's commonplace. It's like what happened when God took them out of the house of bondage, out of the land of Egypt, out of all this stuff and all of this bondage and all of this slavery and all of this suffering. And even when they were in the wilderness, he's given them free food that rains down from heaven. And not only is the food free, the food is so healthy, so good from there were no sick among them. None of them cast their young. Even their clothes didn't wear out. But give it a couple of years. I'm tired of this stuff. I want me some meat. I'm tired of this manna. I'm tired of this stuff raining down. Yeah, it's healthy for my, yeah, I know I haven't been sick, but I want what I want. And God says, all right, I'm going to send you some quail. And God sent him some quail. And he said he killed them while the meat was still between their teeth. Man is not quite that jealous. So that's why the commentaries, when I read the temple, no, this was just a temple. No, 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 that's real jealousy. So God is a jealous God, and you shall have no other gods before him. Number four, a man is jealous when the thing that he has given you, you place above him. We worship and we have a tendency to worship the creation instead of the creator. There's a whole group of tree huggers. Now, there's nothing wrong with hugging a tree. As a matter of fact, in one of the military special forces manuals, it tells you if you're ever out in the woods, if you're hurt, if you're hungry, if you're tired and exhausted, they said find the biggest, oldest tree you can find Put your arms around this tree, and that tree will give you energy. That's in the military, man. It's a reality because the tree is grounded deep into the earth. It pulls certain energies, and if you just hug the tree, it'll give you some energy. But look, you don't worship the tree. And this is the problem. We get to the point where you have nature worshipers, and they worship the creation, not the tree. The tree didn't make itself just like you didn't make you. So you're worshiping a creation and not the creator. And sometimes a man will provide. Now, I'm using the term man generically because some of these in relationship to the woman is provided. But the provider will provide and provide you a nice car. And you get to the point where you worship in the car more than the provider of the car. We get it twisted so easily. And we get away from the provider. We get away from God so easily. And God is a, is a jealous God. A man is jealous when you don't obey him but obey others. 
And that becomes so easy in the modern world. You'll often have a, a man who provides. He's a good man. It's a different if you don't have a good man, a whole different ball game. Whole different, whole different sermon. But if you got a good man, and the thing about it is this. The good man can provide, and yet we can go out and work for a corporation and give them everything without a second thought. Give them everything without a second thought. And the man who has provided, who is providing the bulk of things, he gets second or thirds, and he becomes a jealous man, sometimes even of a job or even of a corporation. God says, I'm not going to have any other gods before me. And when you have put a job that I have given you before me, and I gave you the ability, I gave you the opportunity, I gave you the company, I gave you all of this, and you're going to put it before me? God is a jealous, a jealous God. A man is jealous of where you spend your resources. We can give our time to TV. We can give our time to other stuff. Do you know most men would be pretty happy in a relationship? And I'm speaking from the male view. Women have their own view that's valid. But do you know most men would be pretty happy in a relationship if the woman took care of the man just as good as she did her hair? I'm serious. Most men would be pretty happy in a relationship. I ain't going out here looking like this. I ain't going out here looking like this. Mm -mm. I'm going to spend all this money. I'm going to spend all this time. I'm going to get this stuff right. Suppose you took care of the provider who's giving you the money to go get the hair done. Suppose you took care of the provider as well as you did the hair on your head. Do you know most men would be pretty satisfied? I ain't going out here without seeing about my man. I'm going to make sure my man's satisfied before I step out this house. My hair may be messed up, but my man's straight. Now, suppose we had that. You don't have to do no dash right because you're going to get in trouble with that. <laughs> you're going to get in trouble with that. <laughs> I understand it, that it's true, but you're going to get in trouble. So... <laughs> And that's why I entitled this a jealous man, because we have the same characteristics of God. We're made in his image, so these things are real. But just that one little example, if we put the provider first, and see, that's the way God set the order up. God, then man, then the woman, then children. And we have reversed all of that order. That's why you can't control your children. You can't control your children because you're not obedient and subservient to your husband and your husband not subservient to God. All the order's out of whack. And then you fuss about how come I can't control these children? Because you're out of order. So the out of order just come right down. The husband out of order, the wife out of order, the children out of order. It come right down the line. So don't fuss about the children till you make sure you in order. Now, some people ain't going to like some of this, but that's all right. And a man is jealous of who you love. A man is jealous of who you love. And if you don't love him and if you love something else more than him, that's going to be an issue. But it's so easy to do because the world now is becoming more and more towards other gods. When God made the first commandment, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. There's a book out, one of the most powerful books I've ever read, by Jonathan Kahn, who wrote The Harbinger and has written several other books, uh, The, the Smita. He's written a lot of heavy duty. He's a Jewish rabbi, but he ties in Old Testament and New Testament and the stuff that's happening today. And he has this book called The Return of the God. And I read the book, one of the most eye-opening books I've ever read. What the book says is that the pagan gods of old are back. 
And he goes into telling how what these gods did and how they operated in society. And he parallels it to today and how every one of the things they did then, they're back. And these gods are good and they are powerful. And they twist up society. They twist up gender. See, we thought this gender identity was something new. No. When you go back and study the ancient gods, you'll find they twisted that stuff back. None of this stuff new. So it changes when we start worshiping other gods. The god of mammon, the god of money, oh, that's a deep one. That's why when you go down on Wall Street, the golden calf, it's a big bull, which is nothing but a grown-up calf. That's the symbol of Wall Street. And we still worship that calf today. Money dominates so much of us, and it dominates our thought patterns. It dominates our love. It dominates our lust. None of this stuff is new. A jealous man. And God says, I give you all this stuff, and you put money before me? You put this before me? You will watch a stream all day long? and won't sit in front of the streams of living water? I give you all this, and you put these other gods before me. Boy, don't you understand? I'm a jealous God. I've always been a jealous God. I was a jealous God in the Old Testament. I'm a jealous God in the New Testament. I am not going to allow you to prosper and be in joy worshiping other gods. Now, see, the thing about the other gods... The other gods gave you pleasure for a season. They always did. You know, there was this clip that Pastor James had sent me, and I wanted to play it so bad. I tried to edit it, but I hadn't gotten to the point where I could edit out the curse words. It just had so many curse words in it. And I was saying, you know, I almost played it. I said, no, nah, because not only have all of the adults heard the curse words, some of them said them curse words in the last seven days. But I didn't want to expose that to the children's ears. So I couldn't play it. But basically, this man, he's worth $350 million. And he's just talking for 60 seconds about how all of this stuff. He said, once you get past sufficiency, none of that stuff matters. And it's something we don't understand. And you can't understand it until you've been there. Once you get past sufficiency, none of this stuff matters. He said, I mean, I bought a Ferrari. He said, after 100 miles, it's just, you know, the thrill just gone. There's a point. And see, the God of Mammon, do you know what they were doing with Molech? They were sacrificing the children to Molech. I don't even want to get into all of that about how many children have been sacrificed. It's nothing new. It's nothing new. The gods are back. And they're back with a vengeance. And they're controlling America. They're controlling the church. We don't even realize it. But we got a jealous God. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Not in the heavens, not on earth, not under the sea, not under the earth. He named everyone. You shall have no other gods before me. Because folk were worshiping the sun and the moon and the stars and the trees and the snakes and the tiger and the dog and the wolf. They're worshiping all this other stuff. And Lord knows how much we worship money stuff. You don't even worship your own flesh or your own body. I believe in taking care of the body, but who do you think gave you the body? And I told you this story years ago when George and I were traveling, and we went by this place, and they had these fancy tennis shoes, and George wanted to buy a pair of those shoes, and I was talking with you. I said, George, look, I said, you got to realize, he was probably 13 at the time, and I said, look, you're going to outgrow these shoes, and when you outgrow these shoes, all these shoes are going to turn to nothing but dust. And George looked at me, and he said, Daddy, all this stuff going to turn to dust. I might as well have my shoes. And, I, and it was such a deep point. He was absolutely right. 
all of this stuff is going to turn to dust, including us. The only thing that is eternal you can't feel or see in this earth, thou shalt have no other gods before me. All of the stuff that the other gods offer you will disappear and turn to dust. Men, some of us have had some good times when we were younger. But do you know there comes a point where no matter how much money you've got, there comes a point when your body will reach a certain age and no matter how fine the woman is, you can't do nothing but look at her. Now, I don't want to break this down any further than I need to break it down, but there comes a point. So even with all of our youth, and do you know the time flies? This time, 50 years goes by in a flash. Goes by in a flash. And sometimes we'll spend, I'm going to just live this up. I'm going to just live it up. I don't give a hoot about what God said. I'm going to just live it up. And it's gone. And it's a mist. And you can't even half remember this stuff. And the only joy comes out of relationship. And that's where God has been trying to take me. He's been trying. He said, look, I want you to spend more time with me. There's a joy that comes. There's a peace that comes. There is a satisfaction beyond understanding that spending time with me, getting closer to me, it's better than anything else you can do. And it is... It is consistent because folk not consistent. Even the best of folk not consistent. God don't have raging hormones. God is consistent. So even the best of people vary. Men and women, the best of people vary. We need to get and stay close to God. And give him our priority. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Now, I want to just ask you as a congregation today, what gods do you have before God? Is it the God of money? Is it the God of sex? Is it the God of prestige? Do you spend more focus on your car than you do God? That's a good question. Do you spend more focus on your nails than you do God? Very simple questions, but they're deep. They're deep. Some folk, toenails, got more attention than they've given God. And this is real. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. What do you have above God? And whatever it is that we have above God, we need to rearrange that because that stuff will not bring long-term satisfaction. It brings short-term but it will not bring long term. Why do you think all these folks that's got all this stuff for so Why do you think Hollywood has the highest percentage of psychiatrists anywhere in the world? They got all this stuff. They got all the money. They got all the fame. They got all the relationships. Why do you think they got all this, but it's only later that they understand it's empty. It doesn't bring true satisfaction because they have not understood thou shalt have no other gods before me. And often they'll have an Oscar, an image, a God. It's an idol image. Now, on Oscar night or Emmy night, oh, who would just feel so good to get that Oscar? Who would feel good? But check with them two months later. They're sitting on the shelf, and they're battling with something else because it will not last. 
Thou shalt have no other gods before me. And today I'm going to ask you, clear the gods off your shelf. And I know, you know, there's a verse in the Bible where it says, you know, stone and wooden gods have no power. Partially true, not fully. Well, what do you mean partially? You remember when Laban and Jacob stole his gods when he took Rachel and all this stuff away? And when Laban went and found him, he searched for his gods and they were under the saddle that Rachel was sitting on and she said she was on a monthly cycle, therefore they didn't find them. Why do you think he took Laban's gods? The answer to that is not in the Bible, but it is in the book of Jashar. It's in the book of Jashar, and it talks about it in detail because he was able to consult those gods to find out where they were. That's why they stole them. Why would he steal Laban's gods and he was following Yahweh? He stole his gods because he knew he could find them if he didn't steal them gods. That's why. Yeah, that stuff has power. The lure of the world has power. It has an allure. If you want money, if you want really big money, oh, they got some covenants. They can put you in to give it to you. The problem is it didn't last. Now, the money may last, but you end up, you got to get all this up. The, the joy doesn't last. The other gods have always had power. That's why the folk, they've had power, they've had pleasure, they've had passion. It just doesn't last. And God knew the temptation of those other gods would overtake his people if he didn't command it strong. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. That stuff has power. You dangle a million dollars, that's got power. And it will bring you joy for a season. But once that season is over, you're left hollow. I want you to look at the shelf of your life and decide what gods do I have above the God. And then make a decision. I'm going to get rid of these gods. And I'm going to reprioritize. Now, sometimes the stuff is essential. Your job is essential, but it should never be above God. And often we'll have decisions to make that prioritize. My daddy had these three things, God first, family second, business third. Do you know we have fully reversed that? Business first, family second. And even with the family, it's often children, then husband, or children, then wife. And God, if you can get around to it. Do you realize that now four times as many women are dropping out of attending church than men? Four times. Used to be the men would drop out. No, no, no. It's four times as many women now dropping out of attending church than men. Why? Because they are working and they say they're tired. And I'm not doubting that they're tired. But they're working and they're tired. So they make a decision. <sighs> I only got so much energy. Where am I going to put this energy? Thou shalt have no other gods. Before me. Men been dropping out all along. Women just catching up with equal opportunity. So I don't want to make it seem like I'm just, you know, no, men been dropping out all along. But they make a choice. And they make a choice of the worldly material things over the things of God. And that's always been the challenge. It's always been since the beginning of time. You made a choice of the forbidden fruit with no seed or the choice of obeying God. It's always been, always will be. 
And those gods have returned with a vengeance. Look at your shelf and see if you've got any of those gods on that shelf. And if you do, take them off and prioritize that there shall be no other gods before. And I appreciate the song that Christians sing, Yahweh. That's why you have to get the proper name. There shall be no other gods before Yahweh. Now, I make a commitment in my life. Lord, don't let me put anything ahead of you. Because if I put you first, I get it all. If I put you second or third, I end up with nothing. So, Father, don't let me put anything anything above you because you are a jealous God. Bow your heads. Dear Heavenly Father, I just pray right now. I pray right now that those who have heard this word upon today shall examine themselves and examine their shelf. And Lord, if the shelf is out of order, Father, Give them light. Give them the discipline. Give them the determination. Give them that this day they shall say from this point forward, you are first. And there's nothing else, no one else, no other thing that shall come before you. Father, give them an encounter that they shall know on their counter shall be no other gods. In thy son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm going to ask Pastor James to close us out for today. Amen. Well, heads bowed right now. I just want to follow pastor's instructions and just search your hearts, the shelves of your hearts right now. And if you've placed anything before God, whether it's man or woman or job or money or opportunity, a car, clothes, hair, makeup, nails, your children, And this message has pricked your heart today and you recognize that something had taken priority in your life just slipped up on you and gotten a priority that should not have gotten. And this message pricked something in your heart today. When I ask you to just come down and just openly remove it from the shelf. Time is almost out. He says he controls time, and today is one of the most important decisions you will make to control your future. Take all the time you need. So, Pastor James, take all the time you need because this is important. Nobody can take it off the shelf for you. This is your own heart. Only you can do it. Pastor can't do it. Mom and daddy can't do this for you. Grandmama can't do it. And only you know about some of these things. There are many couples, even your spouse doesn't know. But God knows the hidden things of the heart. Things that you don't tell anybody else. He knows if there's something that is out of place. Something that is out of priority you can't hide your heart from him he's giving you a chance right now to get it right before his judgment comes And since this is a personal matter, 
Christian, I'm going to ask you to sing that song again. And as he sings it, I want you to just visualize taking whatever, just put a label on whatever it is. If it's a car, if it's a person, look at that person's name. It's like a little trophy on a shelf. And see yourself taking it off and smashing it down. And just say that name of Yahweh as you do and say, I place you first in my life. And as he sings it, just make it a personal ceremony in your own heart. Yahweh, your name is Yahweh, Yahweh, your name is Yahweh, your name is Yahweh, your name, your name is lift your hands and I'll just pray over you even as even if you want to keep singing softly that'll be good. Lord we just thank you for your children oh Lord and we just collectively repent oh Father for you've loved us oh Lord above all oh Lord but it hasn't always been returned you've treated us better oh Lord than we've treated ourselves and definitely better than we've treated you, O Lord. And we just repent right now, O Lord, for all the time we've spent doing other things, O Lord, not giving you your proper time, O Lord. Lord, we just cast down every idol, every trophy off of that shelf, O Lord, whether it may be a person, O Lord, or a thing, or even an idea or a concept, even that of comfort, oh Lord. Some people just has comfort on their shelf, oh Lord. And they don't want to get out of the bed and pray and read the word just because it's comfortable, oh Lord. They don't want to step out and take a risk that you've told them in faith because they're in a place of comfort. We throw it down right now, oh Lord. And we place you above all, oh Lord. Before all, oh Lord. Higher than all, Yahweh. 
We thank you, Lord, for your patience with us. Thank you for your mercy and grace for not destroying us yet, oh Lord, but giving us time to get it right, oh Lord. Thank you, Lord. We just purify our hearts right now, oh Lord, and dedicate our hearts back to you, oh Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for you gave even your only begotten son as a sacrifice for us, oh Lord. And we just give up our wills and our way, oh Lord. We sacrifice and burn it on the altar before you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. For you didn't ask us to do anything you weren't willing to do, oh Lord. You asked Abraham to sacrifice Isaac as a custom that many of the other gods were asking the people. And in faith, he was willing, oh Lord. And in like manner, you sacrifice your own son because our children, they're some of the strongest love that we have in our lives, oh Lord. And you want to see, will we sacrifice that which we love the most? Well, we thank you, Lord, for you did it. You sacrificed that which you love the most, your only begotten son, because you loved us, oh because you wanted us with you, O oh Lord. And we thank you, Lord, for demonstrating your love for us. And now it's our turn, O oh Lord, to demonstrate our love for you, O oh Lord. Thank you for this message this day, O oh Lord. And we pray, O oh Lord, that when times come when we we'll want to reach back and put those things back on the shelf, that you'll prick our hearts and consciousness that you'll remind us of this message, of this time, O oh Lord, of the commandment in your word over and over to have no other gods before me. We thank you, Lord. Thank you for being such a good God. Such a good God, O oh Lord. Thank you for loving us, O oh Lord. Thank you, Lord, for being the very epitome of good, O oh Lord. Thank you, Father. It's no accident that good and God are only one letter away, O oh Lord. You are the epitome of love, the epitome of good. We thank you, Lord. The precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. And you can just be dismissed in that spirit. Glory, glory, glory. Glory, glory. Go in the love of God. You are listening to brothersoftheword.com. This was the message titled, A Jealous Man, by Nathaniel Bronner. This message is number 2010, that's 2010, to listen to thousands of free messages, or to send this message number 2010 to a friend, go to brothersoftheword.com. If this message has been a blessing to you, and you would like to help support this ministry, Go to IWantToGive.com. That's IWantToGive.com. Listen to BrothersOfTheWord.com often, because, brother, you need the word. Oh,